the reinvention of Atlantic City. This is AC Primetime Radio with Mel Taylor. We're talking to Jim Fraser, and he is the one-time owner of the Maze Landing Country Club, recently selling the property. So the other day, you had the opportunity to be a part of the walkthrough at the links at Brigantine, huh, Jim? Yes, I did. Uh, myself and my brother went over. See, I was, uh, I was very impressed. They were uh, uh, Mr. Stinson uh, and the, uh, the city clerk, uh, Nathan, uh, were all uh, very professional, very polite, answered all of our questions, let us uh, tour the, the uh, kitchen and the clubhouse as much as, much as we wanted to, uh, answered us a few questions, which actually uh, – a lot of the information is in the uh, RFP, which is quite long, which I'm reading now. But uh, yeah, it was it was a good experience. They were very, uh, they were very uh, nice. Uh, uh, for food and beverage at the Links of Brigantine, were you familiar with some of the other potential bidders? No, I really wasn't. I didn't. Uh, I didn't know them. I met a couple of them there. That uh, one, I think the owner of the Pirates Den is it, uh, and there was the owner of a, a little bar called the Cellar, I believe. And uh, the other the other folks I did not I didn't know not I didn't know any of them but uh, you know we just talked among ourselves. Did you see anybody representing Mad Dog Morgan's the uh, organization that placed the original bid which was pulled back? Yes, I, 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 no, I didn't. Well, I was told that uh, that Mr. Morgan's son was there, but I don't know him. I didn't I didn't look at the list, so I don't know if there if you if you uh, were there or not. But I was told his son was there. Did you potentially hear about a any information about the concessionaire's license? Yeah, that was a, one of the major topics. And evidently, uh, Mr. Morgan, I guess he thought that he had the uh, the concession, so he applied for the concessionaire's license. And uh, when the city decided that they had not advertised uh, the RFP properly. Uh, Mr. Morgan pulled his application. So from what I was told, there's no application now. Uh, so whoever does get the concession is going to have to go through that process, which uh, best guess is minimum of two months. And with your experience, your family's experience, long, deep experience in, in running a golf club and uh, catering halls and food and beverage What's your sense about the business upside of any vendor coming in and running food and beverage at the links at Brigantine Beach? Well, um, I think there's, there's, there's possibilities, but I think it's a very tough deal. Uh, Nathan told us that um, last year they did 23,000 rounds, which is not very good. Uh, he, told, he told us what the uh, amount of food and beverage that they did was which was which was uh, fair. Uh, so the only upside is going to be to get the number of rounds up and also to do some outside some outside business, which is a possibility. If you're if you're like me, and I think you and I do see eye to eye on looking at metrics, is that successful? Is that not successful? Twenty three thousand rounds by itself doesn't mean much unless you know what cash value is attached to each of those rounds, right? Exactly, and, and I, I pretty much know what it is. Uh, 
it's uh, but anyway you look at it for a public golf course uh, like Brigantine and has who gets uh, uh, I would say mid-level rates uh, that's not good and I'm uh, sure Nathan would admit that but they've had their issues over there over the last few years but uh, it's not very good you'd have to get that number up to 30,000 rounds and uh, I, have con I have some concerns about that because the Atlanta County Improvement Authority has now taken over. Uh, I think that the uh, the uh, officials in Brigantine view that as a positive that they'll be able to save some money. Brigantine links has got to get in good condition. Has got to have a robust marketing plan, and uh, that's the only way they're going to get back anywhere near what they used to do, which was probably. Which is probably in the thirty-five to forty thousand round rate. What's the low end? What's the high end? And is it typical that some of those rounds are freebies or are part of bundles? So I guess my question to you is: What's what should be the average cost per round? Knowing that some rounds are expensive, some are cheap. Sometimes they are gratis, no charge. Well, I actually did. I did. Uh, Oprah, the financials for the golf course I haven't received it yet, but it's not hasn't been uh, it hasn't been uh, you know they're not they're out of time yet to get me get me the information. But you talk about revenue per per round, and they would have to average around forty dollars per round at a minimum. Now that means in, in the winter time, this time of year, someone plays it would probably be twenty five dollars. But when you get into the summertime. You might get it up to, I think they've had it up to $70, $75 on the weekend. But overall, it would probably have to be around $40 per round. They would have to average and get that up to 30,000 rounds. And they could, uh, that would, they could pay their, pay their bills and they could, uh, and the concessionaire, whoever that might be, would do, would do, I think, pretty well at that number. Mr. Ron Jaworski uh, certainly had interest in managing the links at Brigantine Golf. Most recently, I think he purchased or acquired one or two other courses over the past 12 months in the South Jersey region. Would he have turned around? Maybe that's too big of a word. Would, would he have a, a positive impact on the Brigantine community if indeed Brigantine City Council decided to lease the course or to give him management rights it's certainly from a marketing standpoint, it would, it would have done a lot of good. Uh, the financial deal, I think it needed more tweaking than the one I saw that he that he offered. Uh, I think that he was just getting a little bit too uh, rich of a deal. But uh, to say that to have Jaworski go in there, of course, that would be been a, been a uh, marketing positive for the uh, for the city and the golf course. Is it likely that Jaworski provided a I don't mean this in a disrespectful way, but a low ball, a low ball offer because he might not have been given full details and full access to the accounting over the years. I, I have no way of knowing what he was given. I, I don't know. I, I, I think more more than likely he saw an opportunity and he uh, prepared a bid, and that's what he was. That, that's what he. Uh, uh, that's what he thought it was worth. I, I don't know about what numbers he saw and what numbers he did, because I think I think he could, you know, forgetting about the numbers they've done the last few years or last five years, let's say, I think he could pretty much figure that he could get the uh, 
the number rounds up to 30 fairly quickly. And uh, the amount of rounds that occurs at the links of Brigantine, it has a direct effect on the amount of food and beverage. Of course. And the way the uh, RFP is worded, uh, you need to, uh, in, your, in your bid, you need to put a percentage of gross that you're willing to give to the city. So obviously it's beneficial to, you know, uh, beneficial to uh, the city also more rounds. So. And what about the facilities, the logistics, the size? Uh, I believe there might be room for a 90 to a 100 person wedding party that could be catered there. Is the facility, the clubhouse, is it good for uh, the ability to attract weddings and parties and bar mitzvahs, that size and that layout? Um, the answer would be the, the facility is fine. Uh, it's not fancy, certainly, but uh, the uh, you'd have to do the the lower mid-level type of event. Need not be wouldn't be good food, but just the, the cost-wise, people would go there. I think for a bargain, and uh, I think you could do pretty well. There's, there's logistical problems that, uh, for example, if it's a busy Saturday. How you feed the golfers, and uh, and then also take care of the wedding if the wedding wants the whole thing, whole thing private. But uh, Nathan's an experienced guy, and he seemed, you know, he, they've done that before. Uh, I don't know how much uh, Mr. Morgan did in that area. But yes, there's an opportunity there. I would say the uh, clubhouse looks like it's in pretty good shape without really doing an investigation. The kitchen needs needs cleaning, of course, and some work, but it's not it's not bad. The bar is small, uh, but it, you know, it looks it looks fairly nice. Yes, I have to say it does. Is there any information? Was there any information that was shared during the walkthrough the other day in regards to who would be doing? Um, a majority or a substantial amount of marketing and advertising? Well, I think if you were, if the concessionaire were just going to advertise the food and beverage, I would, he would be on his own. But it would be, I think, good for everybody if there was a joint marketing plan. The best way to do it would be to have a joint marketing. Every time you mentioned food and beverage, there was also a mention of the golf course, the golf course and vice versa. So Jim Frazier, Yes. What would you say is the most attractive part of this RFP to uh, take over food and beverage at the Lynx and Brigantine? What's the most attractive thing you saw, and what's the most scary and unattractive thing you saw in this RFP and this walkthrough? Uh, the most attractive thing is I, I believe the city is being fair in what they're going to uh, require as far as a, a lease. Uh, I, think, I think they want someone, whoever is in there, to be successful. So I think it's I think with the right person uh, and hard work, uh, someone can can make make uh, make a decent buck to be to be just blunt about it. Uh, as I said, I think a lot of work uh, and a lot of uh, experience. The the scariest thing is uh, in general the general economic conditions of, of South Jersey and specifically the number of rounds that they are doing over there now. Uh, the lack of a marketing budget, probably. I haven't seen the budget, but I haven't seen much advertising for Brigantine. And what the Atlanta County Improvement Authority is going to do. Uh, those, they're, they're, you know, it may be a good thing. I don't know. But uh, I, 
I, I am uh, I am getting a contract with uh, the, the Improvement Authority's contract with with Burgundy to look at that, but I haven't seen it yet. I'll probably look, be looking at it in the next couple of days. But then, uh, you know, it's 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 not all Burgundy's fault. I mean, you had the the economy went terrible in 2008. We all know what's going on in Lake City, and I would be remiss if I didn't mention that the uh, ill-conceived uh, Sonny McCullough. Emerald Links project hurt hurt uh, both uh, Mays Landing and Breeding Team the most probably. Uh, you know, this way overspent. They were told it w- it would never work, and it never has worked. And they've been less than forthcoming about uh, their numbers. I mean, Breeding Team, to their credit, I know there's a lot of criticism, but they're they're a lot more open than Incomer Township. I will tell you that. Did anybody bring up a question in regards to? the potential infrastructure improvements that the course itself would need sometime in the future, sprinklers, plumbing. There's a lot of talk that sometime in the near future there could be a, a need for a substantial overhaul of the sprinkler system at the course. If that were to be the case, that certainly could affect the revenues and the traffic to the food and beverage operations at the links at Brigantine, no? Well, listen, no, golf courses – it's widely accepted that a minimum of four to seven percent of your gross income should be should be spent on capital improvements every year. I'm talking about repairs and maintenance. I'm talking about capital improvements. You know, uh, so have, have most golf courses done that? No, they have not. So there's a lot of uh, uh, there's a lot of capital improvements that have not occurred at, at, at many golf courses. So I don't know the state of the uh, of the uh, irrigation system, but I do know that they're going to have to spend some money to get that golf course in good condition, or it's it's not going to be successful. And uh, that's that's been the wrap for the last few years. So, uh, no, no one did ask that question. Well, what about in in terms of revenue streams? Twenty five years ago, uh, a majority of your revenue came from actual rounds, and a smaller portion came from food and bev. Today. What is that breakdown? How much, what percentage of uh, a typical revenue stream is coming from food and bev from a well-run country club, and what percentage of revenue is coming from the actual rounds? What would you say that? What, well, what would you say that? Not only batteries, but it, uh, for example, May's Landing, a huge part of our revenue was from food and beverage because we had a big banquet facility, a separate banquet facility. We had an outside catering uh, company. But it should be around 25%. Of your twenty-five to thirty percent of your uh, of your income. Any thoughts on the original RFP that the city of Brigantine sent out? They inadvertently did not use a legal uh, publication in order to get the RFP out. Thus, they had to pull back the award to Mad Dog Morgan. Um, that was a little odd that they decided not to use the Press of Atlantic City or the Philadelphia Inquirer, which are the papers of record. They, those are the legal papers. What, where do you think that mistake occurred? Well, you know, you're a lot more of an authority on bringing Dean politics than I am. Uh, it seemed it seemed that the, uh, the officials of the city were or maybe are in favor of Mr. Morgan running the operation. They know him, I guess they have confidence in him or for whatever other reason. Why they didn't advertise properly, uh, I don't know. I mean, they have, they have they certainly have lawyers that 
know what they're doing, so uh, I can't. I, I, don't, I don't know all the politics. If it was politics, or it was just a decision. Those numbers. How about the uh, minimum bid? I believe it was something like a starting bid of $1,500 per month right. and a minimum 4% rev share. Right. Uh, in your estimation, based on the very little that you know right now, is that a sweet spot or do you see that now that there's six potential bidders that that number, those numbers, will most likely go up to be a real market value uh, set of numbers? Well, look, based on what Nathan told us that that they did they did uh, the previous year. Uh, as I said, uh, it, you know, it was it was fairly anemic. Uh, and, but you were, and you were not even shown specific legal documents. You were just told those numbers. Right, and I, I, I like I said, I have opened the uh, I have opened the uh, financials. Hopefully, I'll get them. I, I, I assume I will, but. Uh, but you know, I, I I tell you, I believe me, I believe Nathan. I mean, I I, I take him at his word. He's he's a good guy, and he was very specific about the numbers and the breakdown. So uh, I believe the numbers. But anyway, back to your question. Uh, I think it's a low. I think it's low. I mean, I don't want to I don't want to negotiate against myself, but I do think it was some somewhat low uh, because of potential. But you know, a lot of people don't don't. Buy on potential. This is what it is, and this is what it's worth. So, uh, but I think someone could do pretty well there. If you have a restaurant or a food service somewhere close by, through economies of scale and logistics and manpower, you probably have um, a bit of a, a lead or a head start or a, a benefit, knowing no that you have a whole bunch of food stuff close by, right? No question that uh, there's no question you could you could switch employees, and you know that's. That absolutely is a, is a is a benefit. That's why uh, I'm sure Mr. Morgan, you know, wants wants wanted or wants to be there, and also the you know the Pirates Den. I'm sure, and uh, you're on the island. It definitely is a uh, a clean advantage, no doubt about it. So we've been talking to Jim Fraser. He is a part of the family that brought us a variety of golf courses and country clubs over the decades, most recently the Mays Landing Country Club, which he recently sold. What is Jim Fraser doing now? What, If you were king for a day, as we come to a close here, what do you want to do knowing that you have some real great golf expertise that you could truly uh, share with some people? What kind of stuff is Jim Fraser doing now and in the near future? Well, we, we, we've always had a consulting business, and we've done Quite a bit over the years, uh, not not as much in the, in the last few years, but uh, so we're back marketing that. Uh, we already have uh, my daughter and I already have a couple couple jobs lined up. Uh, uh, I'm doing I'm doing some I'm doing some other things. I uh, actually just uh, sold another golf business where we were involved with a with a. Uh, uh, golf packaging company. I was involved with Mitchell Go, which we just sold that two days ago. So I'm out of that business, uh, and I'm doing some things in real estate that I, that I like. I don't, you know, to, to have a full time job now. I'm not sure that's what I want to do. Only been well. Only is there involved. is there a fear that golf course owners, when they sell, that somewhere in the back of their head they kind of know maybe that some of some of that land might turn into developments. Of homes and residential. Well, that's happening all. That's happening all over the country, and 
that's why the number of golf courses closing versus the number of golf courses opening is, you know, there's a lot more closing than there are opening. Um, so pound for pound, so pound for pound, is it an accurate statement that I say that the Maze Landing Country Club, the land itself, the location, the, the rolling hills, the beauty, might fetch much more money uh, in residential than it would as a beautiful golf course? Well, in reference to Maze Landing, we're, we, 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 can, we can build, uh, but they're but not on the entire golf course. So you could, there's a number of things you could do. You could make it a 18-hole shorter golf course. You could make it a 9-hole golf course. I've been talking about 12-hole golf courses for years, but there's a restriction that you have to have at least uh, 9 holes there. So, But that leaves plenty of acres for building. And we, we were talking to some to some, uh, some major builders over the last couple of years, but honestly, they're just, uh, like a lot of other people, they're just uh, they're afraid of Atlantic, of Atlantic City, Atlanta County, right now. That's why we're all hoping for some good news soon, or you know, some some finalization about what's going to happen. Because business people do not like unpredictability.